and it is uh, 2 Kings 4, 25 through 37, following on the theme or the main point of last week's study on the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much. So turn there with me, if you would, please, to 2 Kings chapter 4. And we'll read. I'm going to read, actually, more than those verses. I'm going to, excuse me. I'm going to start at verse 8. So hear God's word starting at 2 Kings 4, 8 through 37. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. Not that she was well off, not necessarily large in size. And she constrained him to eat bread, and so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in hither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto her, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, According to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to, the, to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees until noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. It came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say to her, It is well with thee? Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? And she answered, 
it is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone. For her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not, and hath not told me. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, and take my staff in thine hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again, and lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them, and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him, and told him, saying, The child is not awaked. And when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead, and laid upon his bed. He went in therefore, and shut the door upon them twain, and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up, and laid upon the child, and put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro, and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. Thus ends the reading of God's holy word. Shall we pray? O Heavenly Father, give life to your word, just as you gave life to this dead child. Give life to our souls giving life to the scriptures. In the name of Christ, our Lord. Amen. The effectual fervent prayer life of Elisha. As we noted last time in James 5, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's something to that statement. There's something that cannot be explained in words. Like Elijah before, three things describe Elisha, Elisha in his prayer life. And what are they? Effectual prayer. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? How many times did Elijah pray, if you recall? Was it twice? Once to stop the rain? And then the other to start it back up three and a half years later or thereabouts. How many times did Elisha pray in our story? Pray in our story. Let's count them in 2 Kings 4, 34 and 35. The exact. I'll read it again. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands and he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm he 
began to warm up. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up, up to the loft where the child was, which is where his apartment was that the Shudamite woman had made for him and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. So how many times? Twice. Twice. Was Elisha's prayer effectual? You bet it was. Notice it said that he sneezed seven times. He was literally gasping for air, trying to get back his breathing. That's a good sign. That could be a bad sign. It all depends upon uh, whether he were alive to begin with or dead to start with. In this case, it was a good sign. Sign of life because, as I said previously, he had died. And in verse 32, he was dead and laid upon the prophet's bed. But the best sign of all followed in verse 35. And the child opened his eyes. When someone opens their eyes, and I mean really opens their eyes, and they're becoming animated, you know that that is a sign of life. And so the prophet prayed, and it was answered. It was effectual. It was effectual because, of course, our God is a prayer-answering God. And Elisha was convinced, just like Elijah, that God would answer him. Do you sense that about his praying? As it says in James, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Shall save the sick. There's no question about it. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And Elijah, like Elisha again, was committed to prayer for this cause. Because it would be for the glory of God. Elijah's prayer in turning off and turning on the rain was a picture of God's power over the creation, meaning over the heavens and the earth. Elisha's prayer and the raising of this young lad from death to life was a picture of the new creation, of the recreation. As Paul puts it in Romans 6, 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Our being in the faith, our being in the new life of Christ, of Jesus Christ, is a miracle. Because it is the Lord's doing it is marvelous in our eyes. And is this why we pray as Elijah prayed? His prayer was also a fervent prayer, just like his predecessor. And, and by the way, yes, Elijah was his predecessor who passed his mantle as the prophet of Israel to his servant, Elisha. And Elijah's purpose was likewise the same. 
use the words of Paul in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. You see, God just doesn't simply save us to be saved. Indeed, that is a most important reason, the salvation of our eternal souls. But there is an even greater reason, if I can put it that way, and that is that we might exalt him and that we might further his purpose and purposes. And that is to the praise of his glorious grace, even as it will be to the praise of his glorious wrath in the case of those who reject his son, Jesus Christ. This is a very important reason, the most, if I can prioritize it. And when you know that, that, that this is what you are about, when you're convinced that, that you are about the work of God, you can pour out your heart to God and you know that God will hear you. You have no doubt whatsoever. It was not just to heal the son of the Shunammite woman. It was actually a prayer of salvation. It goes back to, again, the ministry of his predecessor, of whom it is said in 1 Kings 19, or who said of himself in 1 Kings 19, 14, what? 1 Kings 19, 14. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left and may seek my life to take it away. And so what is he about but the glory of God? What is he about but the salvation of God's elect? This was Elisha's call also from the very start. Because it goes on in verse 16 to say, And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shephat, and Abel-Meholah, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. There will be a transition of power. There will be a transition of ministry. And Elijah's ministry is to continue where the other left off. And at this particular point in time, in this occasion, his ministry was to encourage the downtrodden saints and to also use the salvation of others that God is calling to himself. This woman knew that this was a man of God in verse 9 of 2 Kings 4. And she, that is a Shunammite woman, said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passed by us continually. She knew he was from God. Do you know when someone is from God? Do people know when you are from God and you represent God to them? It was most evident, especially after his fervent and efficacious prayer, when he went in, therefore, and shut the door 
He shut the door upon them, the two of them, he and Gehazi, and the, and the, and the boy, of course, and prayed unto the Lord. He did more than lay hands. He laid himself literally upon the body of the child. There was no distraction. Just the four of them, Elisha, Gehazi, a young dead child, four, and God, and God. It was just like Elijah when he raised the dead son of the widow at Zarephath. He really prayed. It said of Elijah when he prayed, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. Oh, that we would pray it that way. The effectual fervent prayer of an Elijah. The effectual fervent prayer also of an Elisha. To prevail with God, that your prayers indeed would avail much. And in this case, so much more so if Elijah had given to him, as was said, a double portion of his spirit. Or maybe I shouldn't say Elijah, but God. He, he prayed and he was heard from God. And he said to Gehazi afterwards, call the Shunammite. So he called her. And when she came in unto him, he said, here's your son. Take him. He's as good as new. And of course, she was on her knees, rejoicing in God, her Savior. Don't think that she was not a believer. Even as our Lord would commend the faith of, of those who are uh, in, 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 in the outs, outskirts of, of, of Israel. And, and, and commend their faith, their great faith. How he would not see a greater faith in all of Israel than, than such a faith as, as hers. Or in the case of our Lord, when he was used to raise to life the son of the centurion, who was not of the nation of Israel, but was nonetheless of, that, of the faith of Israel. Here is your son. How that gave glory to God. How they gave glory to God. And why? Because you are some great prophet. Uh, speaking about, uh, of course, our story. Or the son of a prophet. Speaking about, actually, y'all and myself. Or is it because you and I are his children and are loved for the sake of the Father as much as his natural son, Jesus Christ. And has promised to hear us in Jesus' name. Notice in uh, Matthew 17, 20. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. 
you have faith, such faith in the sovereign God of the universe that you would be able to do that very thing that, that Christ says that you are to do and expect that when you do great things for God that he will do great things through you in this case in answering such a prayer and how about our memory verse in John fourteen thirteen? our memory verse for next week And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Do you have such faith? Do I have such faith to believe that God will do what we ask in the name of his Son? For the purpose that he will be glorified purpose that the Father will be glorified through him. Is that how we pray? And then lastly, Elisha is a righteous man. Did not the Shunammite woman call him the holy man of God? And yet as a sinner, Elijah needed Christ, as I said before, of Elijah, who is described as a man Subject unto like passions as we are. Well, so was Elijah. Elisha. Yet Elijah, which we heard about last time, like Elijah that we heard about before, Elisha was a true son of Abraham, which the Bible describes as the father of all believers, meaning from the time of him to the present. So it is inclusive of all those of covenant Israel of the old covenant church. Church. Church in the wilderness, yes, but church nonetheless. Unlike what is being taught today by much, can I say the majority, of evangelicalism, of the evangelical church, and that is that salvation only began with the coming of Christ, and that those in the Old Testament were saved another way than through Christ, than through their foreseeing the coming of Messiah, I beg to differ, and I did so with a minister recently, because as we looked at yesterday, and as I will turn you to again today in Genesis 15, 4 through 6, and that goes back to the beginning. I mean, that's as close to the, the beginning as you can come, short of being in the Garden of Eden. And, uh, and, and so uh, let us look at that again, shall we? So Genesis 15, 4 through 6. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, that is to Abraham, Abram, saying, This shall not be thine heir. He was choosing someone and not leaving it to divine choice. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad, meaning out into the open, like when we went up to Cuyamaca and saw the Milky Way. And said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars, count them one by one. And if thou be able to number them, and he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. In other words, I'm going to give you as many children that you can't even count them. And here you are without even one error. Well, 
Such are the odds <laughs> of true believing prayer. And notice what the Lord said of him. And he believed in the Lord. Those are very, very uh, pregnant words, pregnant with truth, pregnant with meaning, with covenant love, with covenant kindness, with covenant mercy, with covenant grace. And he, God, counted it to him, Abraham, for righteousness. You see, God is the one who is doing these things. God is the one who is saving his people from their sins. We are not helping God one bit. We have nothing to do with that in the sense that we come to God as beggars who are starving. And God gives us food that we didn't have before to eat. We come to God thirsty, like a desert. Our souls are like a desert. And we come to God seeking the living waters, which only He gives, which only flows through Jesus to us from His soul by the Spirit of the living God. It wasn't just for the Jews, but for all believers everywhere. Because as we read again, Romans 4, 20 through 25, Sometimes we need to hear the scriptures twice, and especially a passage like, like Genesis and now Romans. And so, bear with me. Turn to Romans 4, 20 through 25. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Who's this? Abraham, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Is this you? 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now remember what the original context is. Bringing life out of death. Sarah was past childbearing by a long stretch. Abraham, likewise. And they knew it. And yet he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. And yet he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And fully persuaded that what God had promised, that God would give. And then 22. And therefore it was imputed to him, to Abraham, for righteousness. God counted that to him. You see, we have none of our own. We can't acquire it by all of our good efforts. All the efforts of man-made religion to try to work their way into heaven, into God's good, God's good book. I almost didn't say it, couldn't say it. Is an effort in utter futility which will lead them to the lake of fire in the last day, which will be added to their works that will condemn them in the end and send them to hell. That's how serious this matter is, that we understand what we're looking at right now. And I'm making, I'm, I'm contending that this is a fact, like the law of gravity. And you can't oppose it without being opposed by it. 
goes on. Now it was not written for his sake alone. Abraham's that it was imputed to him, accounted to him. It wasn't just Abraham. It wasn't just Sarah. It wasn't just Isaac. Nor Jacob. But for us also. To whom it shall be imputed or accounted. If we believe on him that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus our Lord from the dead. That's the condition. Doesn't that sound so simple? And it is. At least on the outside. But I'll tell you what. Receiving this is a gift. And I'll tell you why. Because it is not in our nature to love the Lord Jesus. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Neither can he know them. They are spiritually discerned. You will not come to me that you might have life, he said. All those who come to me, he says, are those who are raised up by the Father. No man can come to me except the Father who sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Black and white. Sovereign grace all the way. Nothing of works, lest any man should boast. This is us. But my question is, is this you? I know many of you here are saved, but I'm speaking, of course, to the audience because there's an audience right here that goes beyond these four walls. Elijah was justified by faith in Christ, and he walked with God. Not just Enoch, but Elisha. And boy, did he pray with faith. <laughs> I could only picture, I could only picture, I can picture Gehazi there, and he's, you know, he's like a, a young protege, right? He's, he's in training, and boy, he's making all kinds of mistakes, thinking that that, that staff is going to somehow raise that child up, that he's going to lay on him. <laughs> that was to show him that it's all of faith and prayer. But here he is watching this, and, and seeing his, his master, his prophet, go through all these contortions, and Probably like, am I am I really a, uh, to be here? <laughs> I can only only imagine what what went on in that room with the with the four of them. There were four, just like when Daniel was in, and and, and the three men Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were in the fire, thrown in the fire. Although it was actually just the three men because he would be the fourth. He was in there. It was the three men, and the fourth was, as it were. The Son of God. And so it was. And so it always is. Whenever God-honoring, man-humbling prayer takes place. For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6 When you are serious with God... God will be serious with you. How serious are you? Is the question. It's a question that you and you alone must answer. Serious enough to pray for the salvation of the world. Serious enough to pray so that others would be forgiven of their sins like you. As James put it, 
and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up, and if have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Brethren, if any of you do err, let him know that he which convert him, which convert a sinner from the error of his ways, shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. That's where it all concludes in the book of James. Read it for yourself in verses 19 and 20 talking about precious eternal souls of our lost loved ones, like what I've prayed for, some of whom I prayed for today, and precious eternal souls of others, like our familiars and friends and neighbors and classmates and coworkers, and the list goes on. Not to forget the lost passers-by in the highways and byways of this life, in our in our fair city, in other lands uh, where the gospel is going forth. George Mueller made this statement, which I totally appreciate. And talk about an example of a man of prayer. Read his autobiography. You will be delighted. You will be encouraged. You will be inspired. He said, Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends, unquote. And so once again, my brethren beloved in Christ and company, I hope this has not discouraged you from praying, but rather encouraged you in prayer for the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Shall we pray? Oh, Heavenly Father, we ask for your help as we are of little faith. We are thankful for that kernel of faith, that mustard seed-sized faith that we have, or at least that we have from time to time when we are discouraged, when we are, Lord, despondent over our lives, over the circumstances that surround us, over uh, what is happening in the world what is in the current events of today. Oh, this is very oppressive and can, and can harm, if not destroy, one's faith. Oh, Lord, we cry out to you, oh, Lord. We cry out to you even with that little semblance of faith that we possess and ask that you would answer us. Answer us for more faith to believe that you are all that you are, all that your word tells us that you are, and to believe it as such to the extent that we would, Lord, be serious in studying the scriptures and learning about our God and learning about who he is, his marvelous attributes, his glorious works, and especially his work of salvation and his work of judgment and his rulership. And Lord, be encouraged. There cannot be anything that would encourage us more than to focus upon your triumphant glory, and especially as it was manifested, demonstrated at the cross and in the resurrection from the empty tomb, which was made empty by your departure from it, finally to your glory. Oh, help us, O oh God. Help us, we pray. Help us in this time and especially with the situations that we face in our lives, especially when, Lord, we lose a loved one and are mourning, and 
Lord, uh, uh, our uh, between and betwixt, Lord, uh, our, 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 our norm, normal lives and, uh, and, uh, and are thus, Lord, struggling and following you or perhaps, Lord, uh, just struggling and uh, being comforted and to know and to be assured that uh, when you comfort us, Lord, when we seek you, when you comfort us, that it is a comfort, that is the comfort of God. And that, Lord, we are also to use it to comfort one another. And so to this end, Lord, we bring to you ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.